Welcome once again to Bill and Kate, both sides of the medication card. The story of the girl most likely to succeed in Canadian theatre, only to find herself after graduating in hospital on the wrong side of the medication card. This is Kate and Bill, both sides of the medication card. And here we are again, Kate, for another exciting, I'm sure, exciting episode of Both Sides of the Medication Cart, in which you're trying to educate me, I hope, mm-hmm. I think I'm learning from this, about what happened to you when you were going to be the girl most likely to succeed. I was, but alack, alack, it did not uh, come to fruition. Did not come to fruition. Our last time we met, you were telling me that you, uh, after a second admission to hospital mm-hmm. uh, for psychiatric reasons, which you still weren't prepared to believe there was anything wrong with you, you went home to your mothers and sisters and they were taking good care of you at the time. They were indeed. But. 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 But I wanted to sort out my medication so that it was free and that I didn't need to go and have it monitored. Mm. So I, um, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't really remember what I did towards my mum and my sister, but I do remember that I got readmitted to hospital. Like, I don't know how, how, you know, how ill I actually was and how much was this little plan that I was hatching. But I got readmitted to hospital and it was the same thing over again, you know, bioenergetics and drama therapy and can art I just therapy. Say, can yeah, I, go ahead. Can I say, from this side of the medication card, this is your third admission, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you still, you still not stood up and said, I have some kind of mental illness. No, I had not. But it was not long thereafter, because right. when I got in for the third time, I couldn't get out. Oh. Mm-hmm. They really thought there was something wrong with me, so they really kept me in, and they monitored me, and they, um, you know, uh, put me on a different medication, so I was pleased about that, and I checked with my welfare papers, and ooh, ah, yes, that medication was free, so I'm rocking the world and all that, but what happened was I said, okay, thank you very much, now let me go home. And they said no. I have to ask them from this side of the car. You, you've already uh, told me some interesting journeys that you've been on uh, from day one when we started doing this podcast about grand dams and delusions of grandeur and the second coming of Christ uh, and all these kind of delusions that you were having. And suddenly, suddenly, they're not going to let you home after short-term visits to the hospital. No, th- wait, wait, wait a minute. What's changed? I, I was a recidivist. So I was, ah, okay. right, because I was uh, um, admitted for a third time, there obviously was something wrong with me. This was a little bit more than, ooh, I'll go home and sleep it off. Mm. Um, you know, go home and, and get back into your, your world and you'll be fine, right? If I needed to be admitted to hospital three times, there was obviously something very wrong with me, was the thinking of the doctors and the, and the uh, nurses. And uh, as I say, by now, they'd gone through the diagnosis of schizophrenic. No, that's not it. They'd gone through um, uh, uh, bipolar disorder, and they decided that that's what was up with me because I had periods of mania um, where I was out of touch with reality, where I had psychosis. And um, they could tell that I was in hospital now, and they reckoned I was actually suffering from depression. So I had the lows which is why they came to the conclusion that I was bipolar. Everything that you've told me over the years and everything I've experienced with you over the years about bipolar or manic depression or whatever it's called uh, at this time, um, 
and everything that you told me so far about the story that you've gone through with it, right? Mm. You haven't hit that many lows yet. You've been having these amazing plans. Mm. I, I'm going to plan to get naked and get attention. I'm going to plan to get a doctor to see me. I'm going to plan to get cheaper medication. I'm going to plan to change the world because I'm the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been that many lows, and you just mentioned it right there. Did you have much depression during this time? I definitely had lows because I had boredom. I had uh, what I thought was um, friends who who had abandoned me. I had uh, family members who were mad at me. So there was lots of um, reasoning why I might be a low. But, you know, you would just sit there and wait for the next thing to happen. And they would look at you and they would think, ooh, she's looking rather sad. So I wouldn't have thought I had depression at the time, but retrospectively, I definitely mood swinged. I mood swinged. I went from being high and being fun and being the life of the party to the wallflowers sitting there staring at the floor. From my side of the medication cart, though, when I've looked at bipolar and I've watched you and your journey with it, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the lows manifest themselves in tears and, oh, woe is me and wailing. This is what I'm getting at, Kate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There didn't seem to be any of that happening at the time or what, what crying or, yeah i i think there was yeah i think there was you know i was i was in my room feeling sorry for myself you know why had this happened to me what was wrong right so like i thought it was a lark that i would go to hospital for the third time but it was actually then that it really hit me oh my goodness i have had a nervous breakdown oh my goodness i am mentally ill oh my goodness the experts have given me a diagnosis, you know, so this wasn't just a little episode of, ooh, you're feeling poorly, go home. This was that I had something chronically wrong with me. What did they do differently when your third admission then? To come to this conclusion, what, what did they do? Anything? Well, I actually had a little bit more talk therapy. I had a little bit more one-on-ones. So there was a there was less of me um, going and sitting around the table and, and gossiping with the other patients, right? The, the nursing staff were much more vigilant with, come on, Kate, you've got to have a one-to-one -one with me. Whereas the first couple admissions, they just sort of let me do what I wanted. Uh, you know, and, and and she'll be gone soon enough, you know, type thing, right? Um, but this time there was a much more focused looking at me and trying to figure out um, how they could help me. And by now it was July, August, it was September. So, you know, a fair amount of time had passed with my previous admissions and, and my previous time at home. And uh, it was starting to turn into autumn. Did that affect your mood at all? Yes, it did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm a summer girl. So no more sunshine and very cold, no doubt. Coming in, of winter, in, in the Toronto, coming of winter. In Toronto, snows, winds. That's right. And cold. That's right. Did that affect the mood? I think it did. Yeah? I, th I think I had in this admission part of why, and, and not being able to get out, not being able to say, right, I'm ready, send me home. And they didn't. They kept me for observation and to make sure that the new medication that I was on really was working and that I was what they call stabilized. Yeah. One of the things they gave you before was lithium mm -hmm. uh, because of, of, of what, what you were going through. And then the mm -hmm. first admission uh, you talked, you cited they gave you an injection of haldoperidol or haldol, mm -hmm. which is a chemical lobotomy, as we discovered, 
watching things like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. What mm. did they give you this time? They I, I honestly don't remember, Bill. I think it could have been Profenacine, Halcyon, uh, Valium, uh, Lithium, Librium, Ativan, Xanax, Etrophon F, Etrophon D. I, I went through, in my time in hospital, in the general hospital in particular, I went through a gamut of medication. Mm. So at this particular time, at this particular admission, I really um, am not sure what they gave me. So you you spent most of the summer trying to get a job. You spent most of the summer uh, trying to run around town, etc. And winter's coming. Has Kate the Great gone? Has the Grand Dame kind of fade, yes. faded? Yes, yes. And that's, I think, part of why when you asked me about, you know, was I having depression? I think I was because I was coming to the realisation that my hopes and dreams that I had about moving back from Vancouver to Toronto, that I was going to take the world by, by the storm, mm. right? Which mm. was delusional at the time, I realise now, that I thought, you know, that I would have such success so quickly. Um, but now, you know, a couple months in, I realized that wasn't going to happen. And I realized that whatever was up, I needed to get well, you know, and I didn't know what that looked like. You know, I didn't know what I was aiming for. I didn't, I was lost. I was, I was, um, you know, wandering in the wind. Did they give you any time scale, any timeline of how potentially, you may, how long you may well have been ill? No. 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 So as far as you and they were concerned, this was it. You are ill now. I don't understand. Uh, let's say, for example, you, you said you were doing strange behavior when you were back, way back in yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. Was that the beginning of the illness, or is that just Kate the Great being a bit, bit... I think that was the beginning of the illness. Right. I think so. And when I look back, I have um, uh, blackness in my memory where mm. I can't remember certain things. And some of my friends from Vancouver have told me some of my bizarre behavior that was a little bit more than just, ooh, ah, the wacky drama student, you mm -hmm, know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was things like sleeping 18 hours a day and uh, making long-distance phone calls to people in the middle of the night. Um, uh, That's what I'm about. Having shared these stories with you for the last few months, Yeah, um, you, when we first started talking, you were still resigned to the fact that there was nothing wrong with you. Absolutely. And now we're at a point mm -hmm. in your journey, Yeah. because uh, you said, I just want to get better. Mm -hmm. um, you often tell me from your side of the medication cart that the journey of recovery mm -hmm. cannot start until you know what's wrong with you. I think so. I think I and and you know uh, I think in AA the first thing you have to do is say I am an alcoholic. Mm, mm. You know, so I think that for for me to start getting well, I had to first admit that there was something wrong. And I think during this the third admission, that's when that started to happen and that's why I sat alone um, you know, um and why I was much more quiet and withdrawn and much more um open to having talk therapy and uh, uh but i i think i was having depression yeah so this time you didn't want to be uh leader of the meetings the group mm -hmm, meetings that's the truth you didn't want to be the first at yeah. the breakfast table mm -hmm. you didn't want to sit and gossip with the people that, and you don't smoke you said this before and then you sat around the tables <laughs> smoking, smoking i know because you wanted to be part of the scene to fit in and now you just want yeah. to sit in your room sit in your bed and just be quiet yeah you... I just I just wanted it to be over. 
And the thing was, is I didn't know what over looked like anymore because the dream of coming to Toronto and living with my girlfriend and having a waitressing job because I was a waitress slash actress, mm. um, you, you know, uh, it performer, tends to dancer, go side, director. It tends you know. to go side by well, side. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you in, in North America, you get tips. So being a waitress is actually a well paid vocation and don't they the boss sometimes if you have an audition they give you time off oh and all that yeah kind of stuff. you've got flexibility with your time and all that kind yeah. of stuff and of course i would get a job at a groovy restaurant where where the other people were actresses as well and, yeah, yeah you know and it would be oh susan's got three months off because she's doing summer stock at in barry you yeah, know yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing oh fabulous darling you know so all those dreams right and i realized like it just wasn't going to happen and you know there was there was no excitement there was no groovy bar in in the village that my mum and sister lived in yeah yeah you know so so it it didn't have a uh, a hippie contingency so 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 the point i'm trying to make is that the dream of coming to toronto and living the life of a uh, struggling actress which i just adored the vision of wasn't going to happen so here i was in hospital not knowing my future not knowing the next right step, not knowing what to do, you know. So so I, I don't even know that I was trying to get discharged. I just sort of said, can I go? And they, they said no. And I said, okay, fine, whatever. You know, so... so. Did they do the same before? Did you have your own private room and, and all that? No, or? this time I was sharing a room. Ah, right, you know, yeah. right. Yeah. So you are there for a while then. Oh, yeah, yeah, Did yeah, they yeah. give you a time scale? Did they say how long? Um... No, not really. But I was there. I was there three or four weeks. Definitely the longest I had been. So each admission was getting longer, mm. you know. And I was, you know, Doctor Luciani, um, my psychiatrist, was was really asking me questions about my life, about my past, about my this and that, you know. And and uh, had I ever done X, Y, and Z, you know, things like he's looking to see if how much psychosis I had had. You know? So they're really starting to open you up at this that's point. That's right. That's right. You know, whereas the first couple of admissions is just hiya, how are you? Okay, good. You look fine go home and get well there mm. here's some medication you know but this time this time was uh, a little bit more chronic dealing with me even though i was in an acute ward mm. you know um uh, they realized that third admission there's something going on with this girl let's check her out let's really do a good job and mm -hmm. let's make sure that this time when we send her home that she ain't coming back I am so looking forward to talking to you about that, and I think we're going to leave that until the next one about when they start to open you up. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so you've had a sense of freedom. You've been out a couple of times. You've been at your mum's. Uh, I just want to ask you, Kate, from this side of the medication cart, what right now are you missing the most when you're in, knowing for a fact that you're going to be here for a while? What are you missing? I was missing my friends. Yeah. Because my friends, you know, we drank herbal tea. My mum and sister didn't drink herbal tea. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. weren't groovy. They weren't cool. They didn't talk about Nietzsche and, and uh, you know, Truffaut. And, you know, they didn't have, you know, they just watched, uh, you know, Star Search on television. So you, you missed that intellectual oh, yeah. side the of... Hanging out. I missed hanging out. Mm. I missed hanging out and being a lovey. You know, I was I was a classic drama student. You know, I was full of myself. I was, you know, singing on the bus and skipping down the road and, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, I was probably quite insufferable. <laughs> I, I am sure you were. But uh, one thing I do want to ask before we close on this one, Kate, mm -hmm. um, 
if I had a barometer yeah. uh, on this side of the medication cart, you've been in and out of hospital, in and out of hospital, you've been given it a copious amounts of medication, they're now starting to open you up, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. And I asked you in one of the earlier podcasts, when did the sadness kick in? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you did tell me uh, that because you couldn't get home was one of the one of the reasons. Has sadness kicked in now? Yes. Yes, it has. Yeah. Yes, it has. You know, and uh, I'm an optimist. I'm a positive thinker. I'm a best case scenario kind of girl. And I was in hospital. And I didn't know how to get out. And I didn't know where I was going. And that made me sad. Once again, Kate, thank you ever so much for your openness and your honesty. From this side of the medication cart, this is your husband. Nearly couldn't swallow it. Your husband (laughs) saying with due respect, thank you ever so much. And we'll see you next time. All right, my love. So there we have it, Kate and her third admission. She's in hospital, but she's not sure how long for. She thinks it was three weeks. It could have been four weeks. Join us next time when we'll find out more about Kate on that side of the medication cart and Bill on this side of the medication cart. Bill and Kate, both sides of the medication cart. (laughs) 